Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to it is Monday. This is the last few days of uh, of January before we head into February. I hope you guys had a great weekend. And uh, let's see where we go from here when it comes to earnings and economics. Uh, we have reports coming out. We'll talk about that and more when Dave joins us here in just a few seconds. Before we do that, though, let's not forget that in the world we live, there are so many things that you and I just cannot control. But you can control how much risk you have in your current portfolio. But you need to know how much risk you have and where it should be before you can make those adjustments. Give us a call, 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design. Hey, with that, Dave, coming up next. Ray is there. We're at 840 here. It's 20 before 9. Time to check in on your money and see what's going on on Wall Street to your IRA and 401k. I missed Friday, but it doesn't look like it was too terribly eventful. We're going to make up for it a little later on this week after a pretty slow news day on Monday. Philip Statler's on the line from Statler Financial Services in downtown Sebring. Philip, I hope you had a good weekend. Hey, we did have a good weekend, Dave. It was good. I hope you uh, hit him down in the middle, and uh, I mean, I'm assuming you probably won the tournament, right? Actually, we did win our flight, which was kind of a surprise. Oh. I, I, I kind of say under my breath it was 12th flight, but still, we, <laughs> every, a win is a win is a win, even if you're playing against other hackers and patsies that couldn't hit a ball off the women's <laughs> tee anyway. Anyway, uh, Wes is going to kill me when I say that. But uh, it's uh, Friday, what, what went on on Friday? We actually had a little bit of green ink for the day. Dow was up by 29, S&P was up by 10, and NASDAQ was up by 109. There wasn't any good news. It looks like it was just dead cat bounce more than anything, wasn't it? It was just, um, yeah, I, I think so. I think it was just some trading going on, trying to level off for the weekend. And, um, and, and we drove some prices up a little bit on the NASDAQ, but you know, it had gotten, you know, it had been uh, beaten a little bit over the last couple of weeks. And I know it had a couple of good days in there as well, but um, I think maybe people are looking at the individual companies and say, okay, this one's been beat up more than it needs to be and are coming back in and, and buying some stuff. And that's kind of the nature of earnings season. And uh, it, I've, I've always gotten a bang out of it. The tip sheet people, I swear to gosh, they're in the, they might be 19 years old on the tip sheet because I keep reading that, uh, oh, my gosh, NASDAQ is outperforming all the other major indexes. Well, hell, it started out the year 30% down. It ought to come back faster, shouldn't it? Exactly. Yeah, they got beat up last year for sure. Sure. <laughs> Which is kind of why I kind of get the feeling that the tip sheet authors are about 19 years old and haven't seen this happen before. I came up with some statistics that was kind of interesting this morning off of one of my sheets. Earnings season so far to date, 69% of the S&P 500 companies that have reported so far have reported a positive earnings per share surprise for the fourth quarter, which sounds really good until you consider the fact that the five-year average is 77% of them do. So even when you've got good news, it isn't good enough, which kind of indicates to us that the economy is leveling off a bit. Well, it is. And, and to me, if you, I mean, like last, uh, well, actually on Friday, I think we, we pointed out a few things in terms of, yeah, they, they did okay this quarter. But if you compare it to the fourth quarter of last year, you know, it was a significant difference um, in, in those revenue numbers and EPS numbers. So, 
you, you know, we look at it from an, a comparison of what analysts expect it to be instead of, well, how's it doing compared to last year or the year before? And, and that's a lot of times that's where the comparison should be. But but traders don't necessarily look at that. They look at what the analysts are saying and, and that's what their target is. Absolutely. It's true enough. It's something we've been kind of making a habit of for the last couple of months on the uh, mortgage application numbers, the same syndrome. We've been having pleasant surprises on the mortgage applications every week on Thursdays. But then again, we compare it to the year before, and we're down like 75% from the year before. So let's always take a grain of salt and we say, hey, we had an earnings per share surprise. Yeah, but about half what it was last year in some cases. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we continue to uh, to look to see what's going to happen. Right. Because uh, the Fed comes out this week. That's going to be interesting. We get unemployment this week. Um, so we've got some some things coming through the pipe here that are going to uh, give some some indications to the traders of what's happening in the economy. Yeah, this is going to be one of those rare weeks where it's just chock full of earth-shaking news. Federal Reserve announces the interest rate decision on Wednesday afternoon. You and I have kind of come to the conclusion it looks like the market is baking in a quarter-point increase. If they do any more than that, it'll be a seismograph on Wednesday afternoon. Then it's all the uh, big first-of-the-month employment numbers coming out, including the official unemployment rate on Friday. It's been inordinately low of late, and it's not what the Fed has in mind in terms of their interest rate strategy. I find it kind of interesting. 219 companies have listed as having laid off more than 68,000 employees this month. The layoffs are going past the tech industry now, which shows that softening of the labor market that the Fed's trying to encourage with the interest rate increases. I'm wondering if that number is going to be enough to make them stick to that quarter point prediction. You know, I don't know, but, but I am I'm with you there. We're, we're seeing that happen. Um, I'm just really, um, I've been reading something else, Dave, and, and I know that I don't want to flip gears on you real quick, but, but mm -hmm. have you, have you ever thought about getting a second job? <laughs> I, I, I can get you one. Right? As it is. So, so <laughs> the, the auto industry, they need some more repo people. Ooh. There's a shortage of repo guys. Um, and, and that's because. The uh, more and more Americans are falling behind on their car payments. And you know, that's something you and I have kicked around for a while now. Every once in a while, it pops up that after the mortgage crash from 08, 09, the next big crash that's possible is all of these uh, premium-priced cars that we sold for the last few years. Used car prices were at a premium rate because they couldn't get new ones, and well, heck, you can barely buy a compact car with not a lot of accessories on it for close to 30000 these days. Uh, you, you really start wondering. Now, with the interest rates going up on car loans, it's kind of something that is on the horizon that's hard to miss, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And this article I was reading, it said, you know, the, the uh, car loan average has gone from a record 38000 It actually increased by another two grand to a new record. Of forty thousand, a little over forty thousand. Um, uh, when you buy a car for that's the, that's what the loan is. People are getting right now, and and man, can you remember that? That's almost as much as I paid for my first house. 
That's half again as much as my folks paid for their final home. And I mean, it was a pretty large home they bought back in the early 60s. And if memory serves, they only paid like 33000 for it. So, I mean, it's it's gotten ridiculous. My new car, I just uh, upgraded my ride a little bit, too, but I still drive a basic compact car. And in order to keep my fine, in order to keep my payments down to a manageable level, I financed the dang thing over seven years. Uh, yeah, you can get a good price, and yeah, you can get a decent payment. But uh, Lord, you have to go to uh, unheard of lengths in order to make it happen these days. And some folks that are in marginal circumstances, that's just not doable. Well, that's right. And you add marginal circumstances, right, to um, layoffs coming down the pike. Uh, we could just exasperate that, right? Because people are going to have to choose, right, between their rent or mortgage payment, their groceries, and their car payment. And and so, you know, it's going to get tougher and tougher for people to choose. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. So you, you want another job? Go be a repo guy. <laughs> Not a job I want. Thank you very much. Nothing going on today in terms of reports out of the government. The Dallas Fed puts out an index number about 10.30 this morning. Probably won't move the needle very much because I kind of get the feeling that everybody is on hold this morning and hedging their bets as far as what the Federal Reserve does on Wednesday, or some of them are holding up to see what the unemployment rate looks like on Thursday and Friday with the reports we get from ADP, the government, and then the the final number. Are we looking at any trends that you're seeing beyond just the fact that it's not been a particularly good earnings season so far? I, I have not seen anything yet, Dave. I mean, I know that I've seen a few companies raise their dividend. Um, obviously, that hasn't been across the board, but but I've seen a couple companies here and there that have done that come out and say they're going to raise their dividend. Um, and that always helps, but, uh, but no, no real trends yet coming out for this, uh, this quarter. So we're going to be sitting on our hands and looking at what kind of leaks and gossip we can get out of the fed for the next two days. We will have more reports obviously tomorrow because we're still in the meat of earnings season, but nobody wants to wake up early enough to put a report out on Monday morning. Setting the table up, it's uh, an update on Friday on Wall Street, up, like I said, about 28, 29 points on the Dow, 10 points on the S&P at about 109 on NASDAQ. 45 minutes before we open this morning, uh, we've got a couple of surprises on the commodities side, but uh, what are the stock markets doing? You know, it's all a lot of red ink today, Dave. Uh, we got the Dow Jones Industrial 30 down almost a half a percent. The S&P 500 is down over eight-tenths of a percent. And the NASDAQ 100 is getting whopped this morning, down 1.1%. So, and then add the Russell 2000 in because it's down 1% as well this morning. So a lot of give back from last week coming through this morning. Uh, Who knows how we'll finish today, but starting the day, it looks like we're going to start in some red ink. On the commodity side, we do have a little bit of upward movement. Silver's up almost nine-tenths of a percent, still under 24 at $23.83 an ounce. Um, gold is flat right now, but still $1,929 an ounce. And then we've got crude oil sliding um, fast this morning, down 2.2%. Not sure exactly what's causing that, but uh, down to $77.92. And it may have me wishing I didn't fill up this weekend. <laughs> I'll be doing a couple of days. I hope it sticks that far. That's the That was the surprise I was referring to because you and I were noodling it through before we went on the air, and neither one of us have seen a news item that would indicate that happening. 
No, definitely not. So I'm, I'm not sure what's putting pressure on uh, on oil prices right now. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Uh, overseas markets kind of follow what's happening with us after the close on Friday. Asian markets were up fractionally at the close at 6 a.m. this morning. European markets are looking at our futures, and they're down pretty evenly in the half percent range halfway through their day for those for those looking at across-the-pond numbers. Somebody want to figure out how to make a retirement plan actually happen the way you planned it originally? Sometimes that plan needs an update because the economy kind of changes. How do I find you to update my plan and make sure I stay on track? Dave, you know, those reasons are exactly why we created the core retirement design. Uh, Give us a call, 382-0037, to walk through our core retirement design to make sure you are on track for the retirement you always dreamed of. And then catch the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 730, 95.3 FM. And back here again tomorrow morning about the same time on Light. Philip, thank you so much. We'll catch you then. All right, man. Have a great day. Be well. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope your week gets off to a great start. Look, we're here every day, Monday through Friday. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow morning, same time, same place. Until then, hope you have a great day. Bye now.